What's going on, everybody? This is Brian Turner here with another episode of the No Stress Midwest podcast. Uh, we're at season two, episode five now, and I'm really excited about this guest because this is the first uh, former player that's been on, and she's just a super awesome person. Uh, so this is Miss Hallie Clanky. How are you doing? I'm great, Turner. Thanks for having me. It's so exciting. I'm really glad I haven't talked to you in a while, so I'm excited to be able to talk to you. Yeah, no, it's uh, and, and we were chatting a little before we we got on the call. You were kind of filling me in on the season, and uh, I mean we're gonna we're gonna dive into it. But but Clanky, uh, we met when she joined um, a high school team. I was assistant coach at at Aquinas, and she was this awesome forward that was just like this little micro mini energizer bunny that was just running through anyone and everyone. And, you know, for people that play, one of the hardest things to do is put the ball in the back of the net. And she is someone that, that does it for fun. Um, so we kind of got along and were able to mesh for the few, few years she was there. And then now she's off at UNC just, uh, I mean, being awesome as, as always, but she's getting in getting uh increase in minutes and everything so before we get into to all that clanky let's let's take it back a bit so talk to me about little clankster how did uh how did you get involved in soccer um it, was it a big parents you know was it your siblings i know you have a older sister i think i, I met her once um so just kind of talk to me about little clanky <laughs> yeah, so it actually was because of my sister. She's eight and a half years older than me. So she was, when I would go to all of her games, um, it was actually like my mom would be like entertaining me off to the side and we'd like play against each other. And she always jokes because as, as you know, when I came to Aquinas, I was pretty small. So she'd like hold me by my head, like with her hand, like when I would try and try and get the ball. So my mom likes to say that like she jump started my soccer career, but definitely just my family watching my sister play. Um, that was really the only sport that we ever did as a family, but I just thought it was so cool because I love my sister watching her play and I wanted to do it too. And my family's just been so supportive. Um, anything I needed to achieve my goals, they were always there. It drove me to practice, drove me 45 minutes to and from Aquinas. At um, least summit to Aquinas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so definitely my family just um, encouraging me and everything that I needed. They were always there to help. So you, you speak about your sister and, and how she used to to hold you by the head, you know? So is that what maybe jumpstart that that little aggression that we see that comes out of Clanky every once in a while? <laughs> every once in a while, yeah. I think that maybe I could put the blame on her for maybe like the meanness that comes out every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so we have your sister, obviously, as someone who is one of your early influences. Um, did you watch the game much or, you know, were there college? Did you go to any college games? Anyone else that maybe was an early influence in like you really taking on wanting to be a soccer player and, and being a great one at that? Definitely. I think like almost like every little girl would say like growing up, you saw like Mia Hamm and like Abby Wambach, like Alex Morgan, like all the big names. But like just personally, I remember I was – I think I was eight years old and um, I was like taking soccer like a little more seriously. I've always like been very dedicated and I thought it was something I wanted to do. 
but I asked my dad, I was like, who's the best like college soccer team? And obviously when I was eight years old, it was clearly North Carolina. Like there was no competition at the time. They were winning championship after championship. And so I just started watching their games and I came to campus one time. I was on a soccer trip to North Carolina and I just thought it was the most beautiful place. And Anson Dorrance, like obviously his legacy and all that he's accomplished. And I was just hooked. And since I was eight years old, like I said, I want to go to North Carolina. And so I think that really like drove my passion and like just having a goal from such a young age. And that's definitely like not an easy thing to accomplish. So I knew that I'd really have to dedicate myself to it. And so I think just growing up and like obviously so many amazing players go through Carolina. And I think personally for me, it's been really cool to have Heather O'Reilly come back and be an assistant coach because I looked up to her so much growing up and now like it practice sometimes it feels unreal like she'll be like telling me what to do or like playing against her and it's like I'm playing against Heather O'Reilly right now like it's just such a cool place to be and all the alums that we have that just um obviously right now because of COVID it's different but they'll come back and visit all the time so it's so cool just to see the people that you did like look up to growing up and like really actually get to interact with them yeah I was gonna say I mean UNC women's soccer program and if you've never heard of them or don't know how good they are, you've been living under a rock for <laughs> the entire portion of college women's soccer. But they have some huge alumni that come back. And it's funny, you say like Heather Riley will come in and she's like, you know, we'll talk to you about stuff. And I, I'm sure it's crazy if she's like, yeah, when I was playing in the World Cup and I was going against some, you know, and then you're like, oh, shoot, you know, this is your coach, but this is also someone who's played at the highest level. And and played with some of the best people. Um, so no, so that's cool. And and I think it also is a, a testament to Anson and and just being a, a coach and for you as a player, when you have um, a coach have a former player come back as a coach, now that's, you know, the players are like, okay, this is someone that went through him or her and that, you know, uh, so I can talk to them about stuff but then they also have played at a high level. They've made it through. So, you know, it's possible to, to get through it. So I think that that's pretty cool. Um, so before we get into, into club, you were talking about, you used to watch UNC soccer games. Uh, what, you know, I guess what age, cause it seems like it was pretty early on that you, that you knew you wanted to play professionally or was the first step, I want to play in college and then, you know, maybe professionally isn't there for you. I don't, we haven't talked about that. Yeah, definitely. I think because I was so invested in soccer at such a young age, I think like if you talk to most soccer players, like who are now playing um, collegiately, they would say like, yeah, of course, like I wanted to be on the national team, like everything like that. And like growing up, that was definitely a goal of mine. And I wanted to play professionally and I still do. I would love to have the opportunity, um, whether it's in the NWSL, that would be um, really exciting to me because I obviously to play in front of my family at home and um, all the people who've helped me, but also like internationally as well. I think it's just such an opportunity to like be able to see a different culture, like see how different um, parts of the world like train and just stuff like that. I think it would be really interesting. So I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. Um, A lot of girls who come through our program will go international for like a few years after um, just to like have the experience. So I think that's something 
especially like I think Anson's done such a good job setting up connections like all over the world like he just makes that like a real priority because he knows so many of his players have the desire to go pro so he just tries to like establish as many connections as possible so I'm really like looking forward to post-college seeing um where I end up and just what happened yeah well I'm I'm just as excited uh to see what happens and, and where you end up as well uh so all right so uh, your youth youth club days, you played for the Futura Pink Panthers, which is a pretty pretty badass name, I will say. <laughs> uh, and with them, I, I saw you had three state cup titles, two region two titles. Uh, I mean, that's I'll, I'll be honest. Most club players, you know, maybe don't win one state cup. Um, so for you to have three and then to go on to the region. Uh, and win that, and then go on to nationals. Um, what was that whole experience like? What was the the culture like? And and what do you think made that team so special and so good? Um, honestly, it like goes way back. When I was um, younger, I played on like the rival team of the Pink Panthers, and it's funny because most of us like lived in the same neighborhoods, and we went to elementary school together. And so like it was like a big rivalry. Like um, before I was on the team, like we were like, just huge rivals. Like we wouldn't even talk to each other at school. Like it was funny. Like we just it was the us. biggest deal to us in the world. And then um, I don't know how old I was when I finally joined the Pink Panthers. But it was just really cool because they were so talented. So many of them um, are playing in college now. And it was just a really fun environment. And just to like when you compete against someone for so long and it was always like such a good game when we played against each other, then to like get to merge and play next to those players. Mm-hmm. And also Tim Richardson was just such a good coach. Um, I really like enjoyed the opportunity because um, he coached Lisa in North for a while. Um, but just to have him like as a coach and a mentor um, and he just was really like kind to me I enjoyed um, playing with him I like his practices were always fun which I think is really important at that age because I think that's when a lot of people can get like deterred from soccer because it's like middle school to high school when there's like all these other like things you could be doing and obviously like there were things we missed out on but like it was just so enjoyable to go to practice every day I think that really like fostered like my love for the game and like taking like the extra time and putting like just to um improve but I really enjoyed it and um we got to go to so many cool places nationals um was such a fun experience we got to do that two times um and we got third place um the last time so it was just really fun I never like really growing up would have thought I would have had the chance to do that so it was a really cool opportunity so before I go into my next question I have to ask what was the team name of the Pink Panthers rivals? Uh, what, what was that team in? Do you remember? <laughs> All right, we were the Bayern Munich Blitz. That was oh, our name. Wait, okay, wait, wait. What was that? Bayern Munich Blitz. Bayern Munich Blitz and the Pink Panthers, man. It was the big rivalry of our time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, the 30 for 30 is coming out for it and, and <laughs> after you guys have all grown up. Oh, man. So, all right, and while you were with Futura, you were also part of the – uh, Missouri ODP um, program and you're a part of the state team and you made it to the region team or named to the region team every year you were a part of it so how did you get involved in ODP why did you stay involved and what benefits 
you know, did, did you get from it or what do you think you learned from being a part of it? I am, when I was younger, like before DA and everything else, um, I was just talking about it with my teammates here actually the other day. ODP was like really the only pathway like for the national team like that's how you got noticed and like a few of my teammates that's how they ended up on the national team was going through that process and then like the end goal like was going to like I think it was called like the Boca Interregional Tournament in November mm -hmm. um, and just like having the chance to, like play with the best players in your region and I really enjoyed it the state team um, was always just fun I liked the girls it was like had a few of my friends on the team we'd go together but it was just really like enjoyable. And then going to the region camp, that was always more serious, but it was just cool to see all the people like in your region and like, cause you would know most of them like right. just from travel soccer and stuff like that. Um, but just to like compete, it was very serious. I remember that like it was so competitive because everyone wanted to go to that tournament in November. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to go twice and it was just really cool. It kind of felt like it was our first like taste of like, being like a pro soccer player like right. getting to do all the cool things like all yeah. the gear and like they give us like good meals stuff like that and like just being on your own um it was really cool and it was just um all because it was over thanksgiving so it was just like a really fun experience it was good memories and then and how many girls that did you did you meet at your region and and at boca that you now are still playing against while you've been at unc yeah, it's actually crazy. Um, tomorrow we play Notre Dame and one of their forwards, her name's Kiki Van Zanten. And we were on the Region 2 team together. We played forward together. And now I'm playing in Star tomorrow. So there's just so many people. Lily Farkas, too, um, mm -hmm. is at Michigan. I played with her. Um, but there's, like, so many people, honestly, are still, like, I think almost every single one of the girls I met there, I played against a girl in Louisville who I'd played with, like, went D1. Right. that are playing somewhere so it like obviously it's like a very good program um to be involved in and i'm really glad that i did it awesome um and and yeah and, and that's kind of a big thing a big topic now and probably you're not as involved with it because you're you're out of it but once da came and then now ga um the odp program kind of took a hit because the best people uh, necessarily weren't going into ODP because their DA clubs weren't allowing them. Uh, so it's been crazy. You're the fifth fifth person I've talked to on this season, and four of you have all played ODP and at least region. A few made it to national camp, and it's just cool to hear how how important ODP was to you and what it still could mean to 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 people. Um, but yeah, so now let's fast forward to my favorite part of the clanky story. And this is when we met at Aquinas and I was able to first yell your last name out across the field. I'll, I'll save people it for, for right now because it can get pretty loud, but it, it'll come out one time uh, today. But while you were at Aquinas, you, I mean, you balled out. Like I, I remember before you came in, um, the coaches, you know, because I, I was like a volunteer assistant. So I was I was low on the totem pole. But I was just here like, oh, yeah, there's this girl coming in. Uh, and you came in right after um, Jamie Coutte, who was a, a baller as well. And I, yeah, there's this girl. Don't worry. She's going to take up right after Jamie. She's, you know, she can score. She can do all this. 
And then I saw you freshman year and I just was like, where's the rest of her? You know, I was, I was kind of confused, but as soon as the ball touched your foot, I mean, it was, it was lights out. And in the two years there, you had 37 goals, 34 assists, second team, all American, EKL first team, EKL forward of the year, all Metro. Uh, I mean, you were just racking, racking up awards. This was your freshman and sophomore year. So just kind of talk to me, what, what, how did you decide on Aquinas, first off, because you're in Lee Summit, which for people that aren't familiar with the area, that's like a 45, 35-minute drive. Um, so how did you pick Aquinas, why? And then just talk to me about your time while you were there. Yeah, um, I decided to go to Aquinas. I actually also shadowed at Scion and then I shadowed Margaret Piggott at Aquinas because we played on the Panthers together. But I definitely, when it came time for high school soccer, um, I just wasn't really um, looking forward to playing my high school at the time. I just wanted to go somewhere where I felt like I would grow the most um, as a soccer player. And Scion obviously has a very good program as well. And they were all really nice when I visited there. Um, Honestly, I think I was kind of swayed toward Aquinas because it felt like a more like normal experience just with the girls and guys because that's what I was used to growing up. But I really enjoyed it when I shadowed. And I remember when I showed up to soccer camp the first day, I didn't really think anyone like knew who I was. And I was really nervous when I came in because um, I just didn't really know what to expect. Like right. when you're growing up, like high school soccer just seems like so intimidating and yeah. like yep. – um, just like you want to do really well. So I remember the first day at camp, everyone was really nice to me. Um, Turner, I met you. I don't know if you remember, but um, we were playing and you called me off to the side and I thought I did something wrong and you're going to yell at me. Uh-oh. And so that's like the first thing <laughs> you said, why did I call you over here? And I was like, cause I did something wrong. And you were like, no. So it was just a really fun experience. I thought everyone welcomed me um, so quickly cause um, I was one of the only freshmen um, on varsity my freshman year since Kylie was playing basketball at first so she didn't come till later with Kylie. It was me yeah so I was really nervous but everyone was so sweet and I was just the best time those are like my honestly my best soccer memories it was just so fun the culture it's like just the tradition that it has yeah. I like loved every part of it and just like the freedom and like creativity that I got to play with when I was there it was just so exciting like I'll go back sometimes and like watch our YouTube videos of it. And it was oh, just man. such you a fun you thing. Love, you ain't love making those YouTube videos. <laughs> love yeah. those things. Are you a student that's struggling a little bit with the hybrid and virtual learning and looking to get just a little more help academically? Or are you a parent that has a child who's struggling to keep that same level of discipline and rigor that they had in the classroom at home? If any of these apply to you, check out No Stress Midwest Education, an academic tutoring service where we offer both in-person and virtual tutoring. One of the things that separates us from others is that all of our tutors are board certified educators in Kansas and Missouri in a variety of specialty topics and familiar with the latest curriculum in school districts around the metro area. We are passionate about helping students achieve their goals in the classroom and also committed to helping students build the necessary skills and tools they will need in the future to succeed on their own. 
Our team follows the latest guidelines from the CDC. We require masks for all in-person tutoring to protect both the student and the tutor. Our tutors will either travel to your home or meet at a predetermined location to conduct all in-person tutoring sessions. All we need is a space for learning and we're ready to go. At No Stress Midwest, we truly believe in developing the well-rounded student athlete. No Stress Midwest does not tell you what to think, but teaches you how to think. No Stress Midwest Education, an academic tutoring service. For more information, visit www.nostressmidwest.com backslash education. Yeah, well, I think honestly where, and I was listening to, you know, how you chose Aquinas, and I honestly think why you picked it was because you shadowed Marge. Uh, now Margie is, is not the biggest person as well. So I think that, um, I don't know how big the shadow was that you casted <laughs> there, but Margie is, is awesome. And I think she's honestly one of the best people, um, to, that you could have shadowed. And it's funny because then I think it was your, your freshman, maybe your sophomore year when you two. Marge assisted you for the goal that they got us to like the regional finals or something. So oh, against Lansing. Really, yeah, God, that was a really bad game. That was a really bad. <laughs> that was really, but that was such a fun ending. I remember that Marge. Yeah. Um, she's such a good soccer player. Such a good person. I loved Margie and definitely just has such a great personality. I think that's what like kind of made it feel like home. Like she introduced me to everyone. Um, but just the soccer side of it too, like I knew, cause I wasn't committed yet at the time, but I wanted to go to North Carolina, which is one of the main reasons I was looking for like a school that was really serious for soccer yeah, yeah. because I wanted to be like the best place possible. And I think I definitely made the right choice. I like loved every second. I would not change it at all. Um, I loved playing DA, but I also would have loved to get to, fin- to finish my time at Aquinas but I think it all happened the way it was supposed to but yeah. it was just a really fun experience well and and I'm glad you you brought up the DA thing because that was exactly what I was going to transition into but so so Clinky you were at Aquinas for two years freshman sophomore year uh and then you joined the newly newly formed DA program now I I mean so kind of what was your reasoning behind it and and, you know, since, because I believe before you left Aquinas that you had already committed to UNC, correct? Yeah, I committed um, going in the summer, going into sophomore year. So the summer going, so you were committed, you're, and you still played one more year at Aquinas, and then DA forms, and then you go and play DA. So what was kind of your reasoning for, for wanting to do that? Yeah, it was definitely a hard decision, and I almost – it kind of seemed like DA, like, came out of nowhere almost. I wasn't, like, really expecting that at all. And it's hard just because, like, you, what do you do there? Like, you never know. You don't – like, it since it was so new. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really just seems like most of the girls who I had played with um, during club before, like, that was the route they were taking. Um, and it's hard just because it's, like, you kind of have to stay, like – with the group on that just because of like the way like colleges recruit and like if you want to get noticed for a national team so it kind of seems like um that was just kind of the way like the tide was going at the time but also I was just um had like started thinking about graduating early 
and coming to UNC. And when I had talked to the administration at Aquinas, they said, like, we don't let people do that at all. Like, that's just not the way the curriculum's set up, like, which makes sense since it's a private school. Um, yeah, they can't yeah. be as flexible with things, which I understood. Um, but since that was something I was interested in, I just wanted to have the option. And so, like, there was also, I was like, well, if I can't play soccer, possibly if I'm going to go to DA, and then I also had the desire to graduate early, it just, to me, made sense at the time to do that. Right. And that, that makes sense where it's coming from an, an education thing, really. If you want to graduate early and they're saying you can't graduate early, but there's a school that lets you, I mean, that's kind of, a, I think, a no-brainer in that case. Um, so, okay, so... While you were in DA, though, you were the second leading goal scorer in your division, and you had the goal of the year, right? So I, I, I don't know what the goal of the year was. I could not go that deep into, into Clanky's file to find that video. But what were some of the highs and what were some of the lows of the, the DA program, and especially in its infancy, since it was all, it was all fairly new? Yeah, definitely. I um, enjoyed my time for sure. I don't regret doing it at all. I think it was a good move. Um, I just enjoyed Aquinas so much. I obviously did miss having that time because I feel like for most people and then because there were several people who decided the next year not to do DA because they missed high school. Mm -hmm. High school just has like such a fun aspect to it. And it's just like so enjoyable for everyone. So even though we all enjoyed DA, I think there were some people where it was just a little more important to them to have that like just fun like environment because it's different to like what you're competing for. It's just like a really like yep. fun um, season to have every year. Um, so I think DA, the like only thing is like you just don't have that like, oh, we're competing like for a state title or like. You have, like, obviously, too, it's, like, an honor to represent your school and, like, be on varsity. Like, yeah. that's such a cool yeah. opportunity to have. Yeah. So, I think, like, that's definitely missed in some aspects. And um, it is a commitment, too. Like, it's practice um, four times a week. Um, you have games on the weekends. Like, you're traveling most weekends. I remember my junior and senior year um, – I've missed like all like the football games and like dances and stuff like that. Where it's like when you're playing high school, like it's like planned around that. So you still get to yeah, attend. Yeah, yeah. Like that's definitely like just the social side of it. And um, I think like DA too, it can be like draining at some point just because it is like a big commitment. Um, but like, I would say like the highest for it for me is like, since I do take soccer very seriously, I enjoyed that commitment. Mm -hmm. So I think it definitely depends um, just on your goals and like what you value. And I also had the opportunity, they set up like um, soccer fit and Overland Park is like um, kind of attached to like the sporting um, name. Yeah. And I really appreciated like having that since it's just the same location. They would allow us to go in every day before practice. Um, Scott Moody owns it. And I just really appreciated like having someone um, there just to like really work on like specific things. Mm. And so just having like a tool, like if you have the desire to improve, you can do that. Um, so I think that's like a really cool part of it. It's kind of like you get out what you put in. And if you have that desire to get better, you can do it there. Cool. So, all right. So talk to me about UNC. How did you get on their radar 
How did they get on your radar? How did that whole thing form? And then talk to me about your first year there last year, kind of what were some things that you knew to expect that were going to be different? And what were some things you didn't know? Um, and, and how did you get through that? Yeah, um, so it, like I said before, um, I wanted to go there from a very young age. So they were definitely on my radar. And because like I made that decision so early, I went to a lot of their summer camps. Like since I was 10 years old, I went to their summer camp every single summer until I committed um, going into my sophomore year. And I think that was a big part for me just because location wise, um, I would send them emails, but like they're obviously never gonna come to Kansas and watch a game. So the only time they would get to see me is um, that was still when ECNL was prominent when I committed. So right. when there was like an ECNL showcase and obviously they have hundreds of kids to watch. So I might get like 10 minutes of their time one game, but obviously that's not um, like the ideal situation when you're trying to like commit to a school like UNC. Right. So I think it was really for me being like proactive and um, honestly, like, I think I just, like, bugged them until they gave in. I was, like, always texting Anson, and I talked to him, coming to camp year after year, and um, just, like, improving the whole time. I think I really improved as a player throughout, like, all my experiences, like, getting to play for Aquinas, and, like, I think I got, like, confidence in that time. And then going to DA, playing against – such good players like we were playing against Sophie Smith and um, Jalen Howe like people like that obviously that's like humbling and you improve a lot um, through experiences like that so I think just um, for me I like was persistent because I knew what I wanted right. and going to the camps I think is just a big deal like if you're interested in a school um, and just like communication too I also made a highlight video I sent them and I like uh, did a voiceover in the background and like personalized it. So I just think like, <laughs> just really like, I don't know. You have to like really commit yourself. to. The yeah. Process. Hey, it worked, right? <laughs> yeah. It got, it got you at UNC. So, <laughs> you know, there we go. Did you put like, was it like some subliminal messages like hypnotizing Anson? Uh, <laughs> I actually, um, I have to credit my dad because he spent hours on this stuff with me. He always, and like any like dream I have, like he is there to back me up 100%. And we would spend hours like putting together videos, like talking to coaches and stuff like that. But I had put together and he would stand, I have to like give him a special shout out. Every single club game I ever had, he would stand there with the camera and even though we get in some arguments because the camera work at the beginning was not always the best, I'd like score and he would be like viewing the side. He'd be looking at like a bird somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like that happened several times. But I will say over time, he became a very good cameraman and he would like clip all the film and we'd put it together. So I put together a video like that of my highlight videos. And then when I went to camps for Anson, the UNC camps are set up like really well. And throughout the week, like, they watch and they have, like, awards for certain things. And one year when I came, I won an award. And he, like, specifically talked about me. And my dad had videoed that. So he clipped his words, his own words, and put it in the video. That's smart. It was a really cool idea. But yeah. it was a really, like, I thought it was a really cool video. Um, so I just think, like, things that, like, kind of stand out like that are really important in the process. And so many people are reaching out to the same coach. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, and I spoke with. Um, one of the coaches here at KU, 
And he was telling me that on an off day, he gets 25 emails for a highlight reel, right? And he's like, during like the high times, he was like, he's getting hundreds a day. And like, that to me is absolutely mind blowing that that, and, and that that many people are trying to get your attention. And obviously you can't go through every single one. So like you said, what, what is it about yours that stands out? And subliminal messages and hypnotizing Anson, I think is a very good way to, to go, <laughs> go about it there. Glenky. Uh, but no, so you, you, you got the, you got in, right? So what was freshman year like? I know you did graduate early, correct? And you were down there for that spring before your official freshman year. So how was that? Uh, how was that like? And did that have any benefits in getting to know the the players, the program, the coaches, all that stuff? Yeah, I think it's different for everyone. But for me, I really think that was everything just because um, I was from far away and the rest of my recruiting class, I think, um, obviously Macy Bell is from Kansas, but she moved um, to North Carolina her senior year. So she was playing on the Courage, their academy team here. Mm-hmm. And I think there's seven girls who are um, in my recruiting class who played on the Courage Academy. And Damon, our assistant coach, used to coach them. So they were just very well known. Um, yeah. And I kind of felt like um, – I was just apart from that since I was far away. And so I think coming in early just gave me the opportunity to like show like what I was all about. Cause obviously they really didn't have an opportunity to see that much of me. They'd see me yeah. like once a year um, and just like kind of get comfortable and like settle in. But it was like, I would say one of my favorite semesters here, um, our spring, I think maybe different than like other schools, some school, schools like use it more is like a recovery time and like we definitely go after it we have like several scrimmages against pro teams which Mm -hmm. is such a cool opportunity I think like that's one of like the advantages you get to coming to a school like UNC like obviously those pro coaches are watching you so just like to put yourself in their minds early and I also got the opportunity to play outside back as well as outside forward at that time which I was not thrilled with at first but um, <laughs> I remember those conversations. I remember when you told me that you were playing defense and I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm glad I did it. It was just very like nerve wracking. I remember my first game. It was against the Courage. So it was like Lynn Williams, Crystal Dunn. So mm-hmm. it's like, what do you do there? But it was really, I enjoyed it. And I think it's important too. like Anson always preaches to us. You can't be one dimensional. Um, it doesn't matter how much you like your position. If you get drafted to a team and the full national team player plays right forward, you're going to have to figure something else out because you're not taking that spot. So I think it's just it was really important to me. And just to, like, kind of learn how to think like an outside back also helps with, like, your forward mentality. On how to beat Um, an outside back. Yeah, so I definitely think I learned a lot. Um, The only thing I would say for me, it might have, like, been a false sense of security because spring is different. Those games are different. It's definitely, like – not the same, like not as much as on the line, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so in the fall, um, everything's different. Like the competitiveness is different. Like coaches' mentality is different. And so I think that was still an adjustment I had to make in the fall. And that's when I really grew. I think the most as a player, um, like on, on the field, learning just like how fast, like pace, like people are going to come, stuff like that. Um, but honestly, I think I like grew the most just mentally and being able to like 
um, take like the high pressure situations, like just because we do get the opportunity to play in like ACC championships, national championships. And that's just, I'd never been in a, like such a high pressure situation before, um, like to that degree. And so I think just learning how to like cope with the pressure as well as just being a good teammate. Like, even if it's not going the way I want, I think it's so important that you learn like how to support the people around you and just like have joy for like your team's success, even if it's not like your success in the moment, because like it will come. And I think for me this season, um, that's kind of been the case. Like, even when things um, aren't going my way, like in a particular game, like make a bad pass, whatever, I think I just like have the ability now to like move past it and like be able to support my team um, and like actually find like true joy in like our success, even right. if it's not going exactly how I want it to. Mm-hmm. So that- I think, yeah, it's been very like, just kind of like an evolution as a player for me since I've gotten here. Yeah, well, and I think that that's big because I remember last year and and this is something that I, I think you're a testament to is like you're you're a very good player and in, in high school when you were playing you know you were a very big fish in a small pond and then when you go to a UNC a, a very a big school you're going against every single kid that's like you right but just in you know different states and I remember after the first season, we had some conversations and you were noticeably frustrated because you wanted to be playing more. You wanted to be getting on the field more. And and I, I know that, you know, you were upset, but to hear what you did over the spring, when COVID obviously played a, a part in it, but to grow and say, okay, this is why I want to be here. This is what I need to do. And to keep working. And now this year, you're getting a lot more consistent minutes and a coming being involved in every single game now. Um, I think that that's big. And, and I want to ask, what do you think was the biggest thing mentally and the biggest thing physically that you had to change or improve in from last season to this season? Um, I would say mentally, just like having the confidence in myself. And like, that's something I still have to work on because like, I will still allow myself um, if like I get in like a game that's like a very like, um, like tense, high pressure game, and like, I'll make a mistake, like, I'll get like upset with myself, and just feel like focus and like, hone in on the little details. Um, I think like, I've grown a lot. I can like celebrate my teammates' successes, like even if I'm not in the best position. So that's something, um, but just like specific to me, just be like having um, almost like the maturity to just like take a breath and um, like settle in, I think would be a big thing and like not um, let myself get intimidated by like any opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, that would definitely be something. And physically, I would say um, it kind of like goes along. Um, with like the mentality I've had conversations with Anson, just like having like a calming um, presence on the field, don't be frantic. And that just goes along with like, don't let myself get anxious. Cause that's when I like, will start to play frantic when I don't need to. And then I would also (laughs) say just um, like tactically, um, I definitely had to work on heading 
that was never a strength of mine. It wasn't something I wanted to do. Um, So I spent a lot of time over quarantine doing that. My mom actually would spend like 30 minutes in the garage like every other day. And she would just throw the ball at me as hard as she could. And so I just got used to like (laughs) feeling like this awful thing, but like over time. Um, it wasn't bad and I think that's something um, that definitely improved and just like always if you're going to be at a school like UNC where people like all our starters have played on the national team like just being technical so like every single day over quarantine I would just work on like work on a wall like work on first touch like strike everything like that because like that's never going to be like a thing where you can just be like oh I'm done like I have that mastered it's like there's just always room to improve technically so I think Um, just spending time on that and like that's something I obviously need to continue to do Um, but overall I think just um, having like the mentality to like understand like that there is like room to improve Um, and I think like I really did appreciate like what like COVID did Um, obviously we didn't get to have our season the way we wanted but it was just like a time where it almost seemed like we got to learn more than we could last year Um, because it's not all going to a national championship right now and even though like our mentality is the same like we want to win the ACC's coming up you just like kind of get to like experiment a little more and learn because we have more time at practice since we're not playing two games every single weekend so I really did enjoy that part of it even um, and we're still I think hopefully gonna get to play for a national championship in the spring so I really did um, appreciate that side of what like came out of a bad situation are you ready to take your game to the next level trust the process and sign up for no stress midwest training today at www.nostressmidwest.com slash training no stress midwest primarily offers training for soccer players on the individual group and team settings of all ages and skill sets our training is customized for the player And our goal in doing that is to continue to grow the love of the game, build a personal desire to want to develop, and create the chance and choice for the player to play at the next level. We have developed a unique solution here at No Stress Midwest Training, showing our clients that you can have fun while still getting better. By creating a unique training environment customized to the player, we feel that not only are we able to get the most out of the individual by creating a no-stress environment, but we are also teaching them fundamentals that they can carry off the field and apply in their everyday life. Visit our website at www.nostressmidwest.com backslash training and sign up for your first session today. Well, and that's, that's very good perspective on, on it because COVID obviously affected everyone differently. And I think that the people that went into it, or I wouldn't say went into it, but that tried to find something positive and, and work on something or improve in something, they made a lot of progress because like you said, it was like a downtime for everyone. So if you wanted to work on heading, well, like there weren't any games coming up, so you could do that. You want to work on technical stuff, you had nothing but time. Um, or you could have not done that, right, just as equally, and then you just would have got worse at everything. Uh, so I dig it, Clankster. I dig it. Um, all right, so that wraps up kind of the, the personal questions that I had for you. Uh, I wanted to get into some of these generic questions. 
And uh, as I was telling you before we hopped on, I have a a younger girls team who gets pissed off when you call them little girls. So a younger (laughs) girls team, uh, they put together some questions. And I was actually training one of the girls this morning. I was telling her, hey, I've been asking people your questions. And she's like, oh, my God, do they like my question better than everyone else's? So, you know, I had to tell her, of course, that they they thought your (laughs) question was the best. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to kind of ask you a few questions and just get your, your thoughts on it. Nothing too deep of an answer, but kind of a rapid fire and let's, let's see where we go. Okay. So Clanky, were you a good soccer player in third grade? I would say so. I think some would say I peaked in third grade. (laughs) That was your peak year. I like it. Okay. Uh, so Let's say, how many games in a regular season for a UNC, so last year, did you play? Um, like, how many games were there in your season? And how many times did you practice, would you say? Um, I would say for a regular season, this is a guess, but I would think last year we probably played around, like, 20, 22 games, including, like, our um, – we would have games, like, going into preseason um, and then our regular season – and then depending, obviously, how far we get in the tournament. But I would say probably played around, like, 20, 22 going all the way last year. Okay. Uh, what is your strategy or what do you think is the best strategy on becoming a college soccer player? And let's just say uh, Division One, you know, like Power Five soccer player. Um, I would say practice. You can't just go to your club's team practice three times a week and think that's going to do it. I, growing up, um, would go to my club team practice, but before I would be practicing for hours every single day before by myself, um, just putting in the extra time. And I think it's very telling. If you don't have the desire to do that, then you're probably not going to make it because the time commitment is huge. We practice almost every single day. Today was our easier day. Like it's our pregame practice, but we have film for an hour and a half before then we have practice, like it's a huge time commitment. And so if you're not willing to make that when you're younger, it's definitely not going to be something that interests you when you're older. I love that answer. Absolutely love that answer. Um, All right. When it comes to your cereal, are you putting milk in before the cereal or after the cereal? If I'm being completely honest, I'm not a cereal person at all. But if I had to, I would definitely put in the milk afterward. Okay. All right. Good. That, that's a very good answer. I don't, I don't honestly drink milk with my cereal either. I don't like how soggy it gets. So I understand what you're saying. I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. And like, I was allergic to dairy products. So like drinking milk, obviously it, it would trigger my asthma. So I would just eat cereal, just like, I mean, dump it in a bowl and eat it. And people would be like, Oh my God, you eat cereal without milk. What kind of weirdo are you? And I'm like, oh, geez, I don't know. It came out the box this way, right? I'm allergic to dairy, too, so I am with you. Um, I think almond milk would kind of just be weird to put in it, but I completely agree. Oh, Clanky, <laughs> man, that, Clanky, I'm so glad we had this talk. I needed someone <laughs> to, to reaffirm that. I feel like we're closer we now. <laughs> yeah, we are closer after this one. Um, all right, so what tough roadblocks, if any, have you faced while playing, and, and what did you do to, to, to get over them? whether that's an injury, being told, like, you didn't make a team, whatever. <clears throat> um, knock on wood, I've never really had a serious injury. Um, so I haven't really had to deal with that. 
I would say for me, I did like um, join like a few different teams throughout my time. So like it was just, um, and I wouldn't say I'm not like a shy person, but I'm not like the most outgoing when I first get to a place. So I really had to learn um, kind of just to be like more outgoing and like adjust to my environment because I don't think you can ever play your best if you kind of feel uncomfortable. Like you have to really like put yourself out there and like kind of engage with your teammates. So just moving like from team to team, that was something I learned. Um, But other than that, like I think I've really like had a good life where I haven't really had like that many struggles. Like for the most part, like I've got to play on the teams that I wanted to um coming to Aquinas was something I was really nervous at first but that worked out extremely well for me too um so I'm really grateful that like I've had such a positive experience so far and even the setbacks um when things aren't going as well as I'd like I think it it happened for a reason and um that's just the process of it I think that if I would have came into UNC and been a starter and um everything went exactly like as best as it could for me I think that like as a person I wouldn't um, really be where, like, mentally. I don't think I would have been as, like, good of a person. And I just think it's important to remember, like, what can you get out of every bad situation, like, even if it's not ideal. Um, So I, like, even appreciate the things that, like, may not be exactly as I want them. I think it's really important. Another great answer. Have you been been practicing these these responses in the mirror, Clanky? Oh, Turner, thank you. (laughs) Um... Let's see. So pregame meal right now, I'm sure at UNC, a a program like that, they probably feed you before a game. But before you got to UNC, when you were normal like all of us, uh, what was a pregame meal? And is ice cream acceptable to have as a pregame meal? Um, What was my pregame meal before I came here? I'm like, honestly, I'm very weird with food. Um, on like growing up like I would also get like nervous for games so like my stomach would hurt so I re- I'm not someone like if I ate like a burger or something like when we go to team things for club before a game if we were at a tournament I like watch my teammates be eating like a burger or something and I'm like I don't I don't know how they did it I would throw up it just yeah. wasn't me I would be the one eating like from Subway like a piece of bread and turkey so like I was definitely on the simple side of it. Um, now we always go to Panera every single time at UNC before a game, and I get the turkey avocado BLT. And normally I'll eat half, and I'll have to like force myself to eat the other half because I'm nervous and I don't really want it. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of weird about food, honestly. I'm I eat the same thing every single day. Yeah, um, so I, I'm I, not like very exciting when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually first time I had Panera was when I was coaching at Aquinas. Never heard of the place, and, <laughs> like everyone at Aquinas loved Panera, and I see why. Um, it's pretty good. So no ice cream is involved in that pregame meal. Not for me, since I told you I was allergic to dairy. That would That's not be right. good yep. for me. Definitely but... would not have been good. <laughs> Definitely would not have been good. <laughs> Um, all right, so what is the best memory you have from soccer? If you can if you can find just one. If not, give me, you know, maybe a top three. Doesn't have to be in, in a necessary order. This was a hard one. This is when I looked at the questions he sent me and I was like, wow, like just one. That is tough. I would say um one of my favorite moments would be at Aquinas 
um, our semifinal against Mays. I just love oh, that game so much because it was just so cool, like, for our seniors, like, just to build it, like, and everyone thought we were going to lose. I remember, like, their own paper said it was going to be, like, 10 to 0. Yeah, yeah. And like, that was just probably one of the, like, most fun games. I remember there was, like, a lightning delay. It was just crazy. And I remember Caitlin Hying, like, scored a banger. It was so, like, fun to watch. Yeah. And I just loved that game. It was so fun. Man, that was – I forgot about that time. Yeah, there were two two weather delays, and we were playing this team. And actually, one of the girls – um, she just graduated from KU, Katie McClure. But there were, like, two girls that had 50 goals each. And, like, I thought Clinky did good with 34 goals in two seasons. <laughs> and it was one season. Like, two girls had over 50. They, like, scored 150 goals. We were supposed to get destroyed in that semifinal game. And I think we beat them 3-1. to one, And it was a PK that we gave up. Um, but didn't you score? You scored one or two maybe, and then Caitlin scored one, I know for sure. Yeah, I remember I scored two that game because I thought um, – because it was at the beginning. Like, it was yep. – and they were kind of weird goals too. It was just, like, the funnest game. And, like, yeah, yeah, how yeah. our seniors stepped up that game, um, I just thought it was so cool. Yeah, because that, then – because that was your freshman year, right? Because then we yeah. won the final, like, 5-0. And yeah, had, that was like, like, like I remember Ellen Loafman scored, and I remember like seeing the joy on her face when she, uh, man, yeah, good times. <laughs> All right. Um, so, what do you do to train to stay in shape for soccer when you're away from UNC and not in season? Yeah, so over at quarantine, that was definitely hard just because it was such an extended amount of time. Um, because like the one thing that I really like, one of the things that I really love about our program um, is like during the season, we do not like run. Like we will never at practice get on the line. We do all of our conditioning through um, like stuff with the ball practice. We'll do like, um, we call it like our hard days. We all dread them. We have one coming up this week since we have a while, but we have, it's like one V one day is what you call it. So you have one V ones and like you go against someone for a minute and normally we'll do four. It's not that bad. It's just so competitive. And then at the end you um, call out your scores. Like you don't want to be the one that's like, Oh, I was and four. So it's really competitive. And then like that same day we'll do like two V twos, four V fours, eight V eights. So it's just like you get all of your um, fitness in with the ball, which is something I really love. Um, Cause I think like, that's like what I need to like get better is technical stuff. But when I'm on my own um, every summer we get, we call it an um, summer almanac. And basically it like fills out every single day for us. It kind of like gives you suggestions. And like Anson says, like, you don't have to follow this exactly. He'll give it to us and say, you don't have to do one page in this, but I'll tell you right now, I'll know exactly what you did when you come back the first day of practice. Yeah. Cause like, it's very clear um, like who followed it. So it just basically gives you an outline, um, of what you can do. But I usually try to run three to four times a week. Normally it's four. Sometimes it's five because I'm a bit of a head case and I tend to overtrain and then make myself tired. But I would say a normal week we'll do something called Eurofit, which mm-hmm. is you have like two cones you can put them how like it's a range of like 70 85 yards apart I try and usually go 80 at a minimum and you have 15 seconds to make a sprint down you get a 15 second rest 15 seconds back and that's continuous 
And so you can do like two sets of eight, two sets of 10, like stuff like that. Um, once a week, I try to do a long run just like for enjoyment because I like to run. Um, for enjoyment, a long yes. run. Yes. <laughs> okay, th that's where you lost me, Clanky. That's where I think we we hit a fork in the road and, and we went two different ways. I, I convinced myself I enjoy it. I don't know. It wouldn't be my idea of a good time, but, but I, I try. You, you like it now. Okay. All right. Um, and then I guess the final thing I, I kind of want to ask, and this is something that I enjoy hearing from the players, but um, what kind of goals do you set for yourself before every season um, and how do you hold yourself accountable to those goals, right? Are they like black and white goals? Like I want to play every single game I want to start, or are they more, um, grayish goals where it's like, Hey, I want to make sure that my fitness increases and I'm one of the top four fittest people on the team or, you know, whatever that is kind of talk me through that. Yeah, I think for me, um, it's kind of hard because I've had to learn um, that like control what you can control is it's hard to set goals. And then um, almost it's like, not like you're setting yourself up for failure, but if you can't really control the outcome of some things. Yep. So it's like, for me, I try more. Um, I like talk to my dad about it, like set a goal for a game. Like I'm going to sprint every single second I'm out there. So it's like, I play one minute, I play 30 minutes. Like yeah. I'm going to be able to achieve that. Like in the time that I do, instead of saying like, I'm going to play 50 minutes today and then be really upset when that doesn't happen, when that's not yeah. necessarily something I can determine. Um, and we also have like GPSs that we wear. So I get data back from every game so I can see like my sprints, high speed running distance covered. So it's like maybe I didn't like get to play as much as I wanted that game or I missed a shot or that or that because I can always say, yes, my finishing needs to be better. Like that's very clear when you um, look at stats and like watch film. But I just like try and set goals where it's like more effort based, not um, like talent based. Result, yeah, result based type thing. Yeah. So I try and do things like that just because I did learn my freshman year. Like it can kind of make you crazy if you set a goal that's not um, something you can affect. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and I think that's something that a lot of younger people need to know is, you know, when we set those goals right before every season, you know, you want to win state, you want to win the conference, you want to win this, that, but it's like, you know, yeah, we can work really, really hard to win state, but we could also then have like five people get injured and then we lose. And then does that mean the whole season is a loss? So being able to have those goals that are manageable, I think is key. Um, all right, Clanky, we're now on to the, the final part of the podcast, and this is the Dream 5 Aside. Now, I kind of spoke with you a little bit about it, but what we're going to do is we're going to have you pick uh, four other people that you've ever played soccer with, ever in your life, um, to be on your Dream 5 Aside team. You must include a goalie. I'm sick of people leaving goalies out. <laughs> put, your, put your keeper in there. Give her a hug. Let her know you love her. And then you're going to pick you plus another four uh, of a dream. So whether it's a Heather O'Reilly or whether it's a Rose LaVille or Mia Hamm, um, anyone that you'd want to play with. So you're up, Clinkster. All right, so I'm definitely going to have to put Alessia Russo on this list. 
Um, she is amazing, and I definitely miss her. Um, Emily Fox, if you don't know who Emily Fox is, you have got to look her up because she is unreal. Um, who else did I have on there? Claudia Dickey, our goalie. Um, she used to play on the basketball team here, so multi-sport athlete. And then I feel like I need another defender in there, so I'm going to go with Macy Bell because if you've ever watched a game, no one runs past Macy. So I think that would be a pretty solid lineup. That's actually kind of scary of a lineup. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's a pretty solid one. All right, Clanky. And, I mean, defense is good, especially with someone like you on the team. Uh, because I, I know that playing forward is is your is your bread and butter. Um, so having that defense there to match it out is good. So where are we at now for the dream? Anyone that you could play with? Where are we at, Clanky? All right. Can I include guys in this as well? You definitely can. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with Kevin De Bruyne. Oh yeah, KDB. <laughs> And then I have to put Mia Hamm in there, and I have to put Heather because Heather jumps into our practices all the time, and I think she could step into the full team still. There we and go. my last one, I have to say Messi. I've always been a Messi fan um, my whole life, so I would definitely include him in that. Man, Clanky, that is, that's a solid lineup on both ends. <laughs> I, I, I dig it. Kevin De Bruyne, Mia Hamm. Heather O'Reilly, Messi, and Clanky. That is going to be one attacking my <laughs> team. There's going to be goals galore up there. Uh, all right, well, Clanky, that is that's all I've got for you. Um, is there anything that any final words or anything that you want to say to to leave people with before we we call it a day? Um, I would just say to your little girls team would be just to enjoy it, enjoy every minute of it. And because it really like I ignore people who said this to me, but it goes by so fast. And whether like your goal is just to play high school, and then you're done, um, just to enjoy every single second. And even when you think like you're like, Oh, it's like not fun. I don't want to do it. Like just appreciate all that you have, because it is such a gift to be able to come no matter what level you are and play every day and be around like such great people and just have the opportunity to be coached by such talented people. Um, so just appreciate that and enjoy every second. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I had to get, I had to get it in there. I was waiting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that is, that's an awesome answer. And I'm actually going to make sure I cut that part and send it to them. Um, because I, I think that you've dropped a lot of gems here. Uh, and, and being a young player, uh, you're the only one that I have that's still in college and pretty newly removed from high school. I think you have a lot of um, up-to-date and current advice to give because you just not recently went through it all. Uh, so, Clanky, thank you so much for being a guest. This is Season 2, Episode 5 of the No Stress Midwest Podcast. Uh, everyone have a good one. And, Clanky, beat Notre Dame tomorrow, okay? Okay, thanks, Turner. Yep, you guys have a good one, and we will see you on the next episode.